On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. And really, I'm just cool with seeing idiots separated from their money. Hey, aren't you that guy everybody hates? No, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. This is episode 855. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Uh, it is another hot Sunday afternoon as we sit here and put together your Monday morning edition of the podcast. And you're going to be able to tell pretty quick, so no reason to try and hide it. We had some technical difficulties here, so Rob is dialing in by... Uh, pay phone at the end of the block. How's it going today, man? I'm down at the Texaco <laughs> in, in, in a pay phone. All in the studio collect. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they don't, well, which is actually where my partner makes me use the bathroom. So it's really, it's, it, it's quite convenient. I know the route with my eyes closed. 1-800-COLLECT. Uh, what were those old uh, commercials you used to see for, I don't know, 1999 or something that was. Well, I, I thought you were going with one one triple eight. Hot black women of the Caribbean. I thought that's where you're going, but it's clearly many, it's... it's too many digits, man. Who hasn't said that before? <laughs> hey, that's at least one too many digits. Come on. <laughs> yeah, not me. But, uh, but, Good for you, you greedy whore. But I was just going to say, but I'm greedy. That's just how that goes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know who's, who's, whose problem this is not today. The thing I, I, I'm just going to take it because I, well, no, really. <laughs> The fact the fact that we have a show at all today yeah. is uh, it, it ha- has to do with Matt's Matt's love and care for the good <laughs> listener, and and willingness to to bring you a little audio gold here on a Monday morning. Um, I got to tell you, I'm going to ask you what you're sipping on here. The one that I'm sipping on is just about gone, so I, I did I did go and retrieve a uh, a secondary pint. What do you got going on there? Uh, not strong enough, Matt. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I was embracing what I had today because I, man, I've cut the grass. There's people coming over for a, a a back patio pint and a bit of a birthday celebration, and so yeah, I've been working hard. Yeah, and so I, I'm drinking the uh, a blonde from Collingwood, which is they they bill it as a Belgian style light blonde. Comes in at four point seven, but the the you know. I was I was hoping for something crisp. Now again, my my pair of pints have been sitting there for about forty minutes <laughs> Warming, now. Just yeah, uh, yeah. They're, they're a lovely dewy, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, 
Yeah, not bad. 4.7. They bill it as a lovely hot summer day beer. And so it is all those things. But, you know, as we suggested with, uh, with all the issues that come with, uh, with, uh, technical difficulties, yep. it's, um, it's not enough. I could have used a couple of stiff shots. Bushmills would have probably got me where I needed to, but Hey man, here we are. What do you got going on over there? Well, luckily, I have something a little stronger that has been pushing me through this whole thing as we uh, as we worked through it. Uh, this is something you dropped off here a week or so ago. The st- Stay Frosty from the Dominion uh, Dominion City Brewing Company, and it is a. I think you've had it on the show before, and that's where you decided you were going to hand the other one off to me. Um, this is a mint chocolate stout. And uh, it's 11%, so it's plenty strong enough to have carried me quite calmly through the uh, the goings-on here as we tried to get the show up and running. Um, and luckily for me, they've delivered again what they promised, right? And, and that's always been my rule. Don't hint at it. Don't tease at it. If it says mint in the description, you better hit me with that. And they did. I'm enjoying it, man. Okay. Yeah, well, and it's an imperial sweet stout. It which sure is. Prior to me having it... The- now, that's the one I said to you. It kind of reminded me a bit of a throwback, uh, you know, um, Shamrock Shake at... Uh, sure, I could see that. At, at St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good, man. I'm glad you're... Uh, and I didn't not enjoy it. Right. I just thought that it may be something with the smoky lager, which I gave, which I brought you over last time, that, that you may find to be, uh, you know, a little more up your alley. It's doing the job, so, man, for sure. So uh, only a little bit of that left, and then I'll be moving over. It's going to be a hell of an adjustment, but it was next up in line here in the fridge. We got the uh, Taxman Blonde from Stalwart is what we'll be moving to. Oh, uh, okay. So All it's right, going to be are. a step down, but we'll maintain here through the second half of the show. Um, should also mention, later on this week, our pal Amy Burke's going to return to the podcast. We'll record with her on uh, a Monday afternoon. Just some thoughts on... Uh, how prep is going for her as she gets ready for uh, the Tokyo 2020 Paralympic Games. And, uh, you know, we got the opening ceremonies coming up. We got news coming out of Tokyo already that athletes are testing positive in the village before we've even hit opening ceremony. Um, we'll see how all this is going to go, but she's going to be on later this week. I know she's often a popular guest for our listeners, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and if you want to go back, uh, 8.53, I believe was the number. Steve Lloyd was here and uh, we chatted about you know what it's been like him trying to balance uh, broadcasting through a pandemic with the kids also home from school and knocking on the door while he's trying to host a radio. He, you know, maybe yes. he, God knows who, maybe Bob McKenzie's on the line, maybe Gary Bettman's on the phone, whatever, and the kids are, what's for lunch, right? And so um, interesting chat with Steve. He's been a friend of the show for a while. And so we talked a little craft beer with him as well, but uh, that's episode 853. If you want to go back and check that one out, man, it's been uh it's eventful times around here as the world starts to open back up. A little dad. I hate mac and cheese. And it's the fourth time this week. Can we like <laughs> at least put some cut up wieners in it or something? I don't know. And really, whoever gets tired of mac and no, cheese. Exactly, uh, man. No kid has I, ever I, said that. Yeah. Actually, you know what? It's funny. My kids, not, you know, not, they, not like they had a super discerning palate, but they were not really, you know, KD guys. What, right? what about was, the upscale KD? There was always that, I forget what the actual brand name was called, but it was like the, the high-end KD with the nicer cheese melted on it. Well, yeah, I don't know. See, I always liked the white. Yeah, okay. I, I, think that's I, I went in was. for the, 
Yeah, and it was kind of a president's choice, white cheddar. I don't know, man. I liked it. I, yep. I went, but I would also still to this day, if I was alone and stuck for something to eat, I would have zero issue doing up a, a couple of boxes, probably. Of yes. No craft dinner. As the uh, the bachelor on this podcast, I can tell you every now and then, and it's not that often. It's now every couple of months. You're like, I could really go for some craft dinner. And so the next time you go for groceries or whatever, you grab a few boxes, thinking. I, I like this stuff. I remember, and then you have one. You're like, oh, right. Like it just, it doesn't sit as nice or as easy as it did when you were a kid. And then the other two yeah. boxes end up sitting for several months. And you remember, like, there's a reason you weren't well stocked with this before. But, but the first couple of bites always great. But by the end, you're kind of like, I regret this immediately. Well, because it doesn't really taste real, right? There's no. just there's some, whether it's and it's even the macaroni, which is you know, it's just flour and water, right? Yep. It's, but it's sort of it's like it becomes this sort of unnatural, you know, you've overcooked it. But it's just it's like the noodles are anyways. I, I It's been a while since I've had it. I can't remember the last time I've had it. But but we think Steve Lloyd's wanna... kids have had it a lot. That's right. With Lloyd. But and, and to his kids now, I think uh, our one's in grade seven, I think, this year. So make your own damn craft dinner. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly right. Do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Survival mode, man. So uh, you can check that. It's episode eight fifty three. If you want to go back, it's at tallcanaudio.com or wherever you're listening right now. Um, we got a few things we want to talk about. Lots of hockey news going on. The Blue Jays got permission to come home, but I have been. I got to tell you, man, I've been in hysterics for a couple days now since I saw and and we'll share the link. The Freedom Phone. I am pumped about how many people may rush out and buy the Freedom Phone. Um, and if you haven't heard about this thing, God love you. But, um, it is, a, it is the new make America great again phone. That's how it's being branded. It's how it's being marketed. You know, we'll never shut down your right to free speech. We'll, we'll, our app store will have no moderation, no, um, censorship. We'll never boot your app, which means it's going to take all of nine minutes for it to be loaded with spyware and kitty porn out the ass, um, which is probably Oof. redundant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is supposed to be this thing that they market to the far right. Cause, cause Apple's not on your side and, and Android Google is not on your side. Um, it's a phone made in Asia running a bootlegged version of Android um, that is going to be the most vulnerable, most trackable phone you've ever seen in your life. But we're calling it the Freedom Phone, man, and we all know how popular Freedom Toast was back after uh, the French didn't go to war with the, the U.S. in Freedom Iraq. Prize. Yeah, all this stuff, man. How many people, it's 500 bucks, by the way, um, there are no specs listed you don't know what kind of camera you're getting you don't know what kind of battery you're getting you don't but 500 bucks it's listed for if you want to buy the freedom phone to stick it to the man um is this thing actually going to sell you know it is i can think there's probably a there's probably 150 million americans who are there may be one of my thanksgiving tables yes yes not an american but yeah but but somebody there for it, yeah. Of course, I haven't heard of this at all, to be honest with you. And um, but I I am not surprised. I right, sent you the link, is... yeah, lazy prick. Oh, uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. It was at the top of the uh, bunch of sh- the barrage of shit I sent you last night. Mm. Oh well, 
You've got Great. the you've got the gist of it now. I'll send you the article yeah. too. You can find it at all. Yeah, uh, apparently I'll, I'll pick it up wherever the good listener picks it up as well. So, but the yeah the idea is is <laughs> well we like a little aspect of the show which is hey it's fresh man yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get your absolute uh, immediate reaction. take on it yeah um yeah anything. It, the tech is so is so complex anyways right in 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 terms of of we can't use we can't use that like when did Huawei suddenly no longer become a a sponsor of hockey Night in Canada yes, or whatever yeah. it is right you just sort of go and you find that they're now plugged by somebody else and you go well what is that and you go oh it's it's a, it's another Japanese another Chinese company that well half of this know, phone I, built in Taiwan but it is being sold mainly in China by a Chinese phone. And we know, man, we know how really pumped about liberty and freedom and privacy the Chinese are. <laughs> so you should absolutely buy this phone. This is going to be fantastic. Take it in with open arms, my friend. Yeah. But <laughs> what they need to do is they need to put a little American flag on it. Yeah, of course. Because nothing really, yes, nothing really <laughs> symbolizes you know, freedom, like, like the United States of America. Oh, and God. so, uh, I, I'm, I'm so for this. I want to get one myself, actually. 500 bucks. And you, I got 500 clams just rolling around. Yeah, and they, you, no idea what, what it's running, what the camera is, what the battery is, what the specs, just what, yeah, make America great again. Well, well and this is as soon as my pie hole opened and stuff started falling out, <laughs> I, I, I meant to say it, it, it really doesn't matter. You know, the number of people me included, who don't really know what their phone is doing, who when they open an app and they go, hey, read all this, and you're like, that's way too much to read. Right. But if I scroll to the bottom and just click, I agree. <laughs> I accept, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like the number of times that happens anyways, I, I, I'm lucky we my two that. kids. Yeah. yeah, I'm lucky my two kids have made it to 19 and 21 and have now <laughs> reached the age of consent and somebody hasn't come and said, hey, man. I asked for your two firstborn right there in that thing. And he said, yes, because yeah, honestly, you go, well, that's a lot true. of reading that the idea that we should care more about our privacy and stuff on these phones is not crazy. Uh, this particular <laughs> way of going no, about it is crazy. Right? I know. For and sure, all yeah. I'm suggesting is that's just, that's just a couple of steps further down the line. You yep. go, okay, I hope, I hope this reputable app that has, a hundred million downloads. Yes, exactly. I'm hoping that, well, somebody in the first 99 million <laughs> could have encountered and iron, yeah, <laughs> ironed out some of these issues. Yes. You're no. like, what am I now? I'm breaking rocks in, in French Polynesia. What's happening here? Yeah. And it, it, it says in this thing, man, like it, your phone, whether you use them or not, comes preloaded with certain apps, usually. You know, Facebook is around, maybe Twitter, maybe some. This one comes preloaded with Parler and like a back channel version of Google Mail that apparently no one could hack um, except the geniuses who brought you the Freedom Phone. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I am excited about this. I want people to go and buy it. I want to hear the stories of the Freedom Phone. I, and, I, and really, I'm just cool with seeing idiots separated from their money is my biggest uh, <laughs> Idiot, soon separated from his money. Yes, uh, uh, that, that, I'd wear that T-shirt. <laughs> so, we'll post the links, but check out the Freedom Phone. Keep an eye on it. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be awesome. 
Uh, let's start with the Jays because we've got a ton of hockey to talk about. So we'll keep that until uh, a few minutes from now. The Blue Jays on Friday received permission from the Canadian government. They're calling it a national interest exemption, which I don't know. I'm happy to see the Jays coming home, but seems like a bit of a stretch for me that it's in the national interest. Um, the team's coming home. They will play their first home game in Toronto on July 30th. That will be the first Blue Jay game in Toronto uh, in 670 days. So it will have been a while, um, but the team is hanging tough. They are in a wild card race right now. As we sit here, they have just won the first game of uh, a doubleheader today against the Texas Rangers, 5 nothing. So um, keeping stride there, we'll see what happens uh, in the second game. But, like... This is one of those things, and we've talked about it for a while on the show. I'm not sure I'm prepared to go, but I'm ready for Canadians to have the option for themselves to do that, right? Like, I got no beef with you if you decide to go kind of thing, right? Like, is this the right time to do this? Yeah, and and we've talked about it long on the show, right? That we sort of looked at that Labor Day, late August, um, as as it being in, in back in Toronto. Now, whether that meant fans, but... It seems to me like we've kept this the, the lockdown at the end here. We kept from moving to phase three for forever or even in phase two. You're like, nope, nope, <laughs> stay home, nope. And then it's like, Psh, all right, kick fuck the doors it. open. Yep, it's bring like the them saloon back. Doors, you know, like a, right? The sheriffs showed up and Saturday you had the Ottawa Blackjacks playing in front of fans. TFC back at uh, BMO. Yeah, and so they, it's, it's it's like they just went, oh, all right, you know, my belt can't take it anymore, right? It's just going to blast right open. Really? Um, yep, totally get it. <laughs> um, I could go up a pant size, but probably not. <laughs> well, on August uh, 5th, they've belt. already said the CFL can start, right? So this is only six days, but seven days before that, it would be difficult other than the fact you've brought all these players in from south of the border ahead of time quarantined bubbled in your camps before you let them out to run wild across their cities or or whatever is going to go on this is going to be way more travel back and forth across the border but it does make it harder to make you know to hold this one back um once you have said yes to the other at least in terms of the fan component no for sure and and i think uh, i haven't heard much since i yes saturday was a super busy day um, I watched the entire 10-2 game on Friday night um, and, and listening after to Arden Welling and Shai Davidi with, uh, with Arash on, uh, on, the, on the panel. And they were talking about thinking that maybe there was going to be sort of 25%, right? They were looking right around maybe 12,500 so fans. Uh, they have announced 15,000 will be allowed in the building. 15, okay. Ro- roof open or closed, they will treat it as an outdoor space, which is a little surprising to me, if I'm being honest with you. I, even with well, the roof open, it, it, I wasn't sure how this would qualify. Even with a close, they're saying, yeah, it's, it's outdoors. All right. Well, and, and I would have, I would have, I would have thought that, uh, you know, being that it is sort of midsummer that you would have went with it roof open and said, you know, we can deal with some minor rain delay or minor rain or whatever it is. That would have been my expectation too. You're subject to everything else that baseball is. If you have fans in the building and the roof's open and it starts to rain, it's a rain delay. You can't close the roof, right? Like those are your, you're just subject to the same thing everybody else is. Right. And so to me, it doesn't make any sense really to make it a, it's not like you're asking them to play games in, you know, April. 
right. April 2nd or, or 3rd when yeah, there you may get snow. Fucking blizzard. Yeah, so uh, I am surprised by that, and, and you're breaking that to me uh, fresh because I, I, I got Jordan behind the idea. Day. Yeah, everything, really. <laughs> um, but it's um, – yeah, I would have I would have thought that it would have been an open air venue all the time, right? At least through the end of this year, unless unless of course we saw some October baseball. Yep. yep. Which even then you could get some you can get some well, baseball course, very historically sweet. has insisted on closing the roof for the playoffs so they can hang their fancy bunting and stuff like that. It's it gets turned, Yeah, for sure. Keep your keep your bunting to yourself. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care for it. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't call me wood. Don't call me wood eye bun face. Um, yeah, but I, I am. Ex- I, I'm glad. I, I'm hoping. I, I think I read that Winnipeg was looking at having the Bombers having games in early August with a capacity. Yeah. With. But again, outdoors so, completely. Yep, completely outdoors. Yeah, no, I, I I get it. It'll it'll be interesting to see what what does shake loose. Um, with uh, with with vaccination and uh, and numbers as we as we hit the fall, yep. um, I'm I'm personally hoping that um, you know numbers numbers do stay low and and the and the uh, you know again I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not even now 15 months it's in. True guys, he's not. Um, <laughs> yep. But you wonder, right? With you know, my my dad is a big. Um, He's a hiker, you know, the Appalachian Trail. He's been over to to Scotland to do the uh, the Drover's Trail and, and all these sorts of things. And he likes to do the El Camino, right, which runs through France into northern Spain and, and down. And um, he, he's saying, yeah, he, he's, he's anxious to get going again. Right. And uh, Portugal and Spain have, have, have closed down again. They've locked down. I guess yeah. they have a... Some outbreaks going again over there, and and I guess they're having the issues with, uh, you know, a large portion of the 18 to 30 crowd not, you know, not opting to have vaccines and being the first ones to hit the discotheque, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and having with with the, with the variants having all kinds of issues with uh, new outbreaks. So, you know, as you've said many times, both on the show and and. In, in conversation that, you know, you sort of look to the UK and, and some of your, whoops. Yeah. Some of your European, your European countries, right. To get an idea as to what does this look like? Right. What do we have maybe coming for us? Yep. Now it's interesting when you look at, at Canada, sort of top of the top of the world charts in terms of percentage vaccinated. So yeah, there's no guarantee we're going to head down that road, obviously, and and maybe that last little while of of staying locked down a little bit longer than everybody else, and a little bit longer than people wanted, and and just holding firm for a while, you know, maybe that will pay dividend. At least here in Ontario, I I know every province has done this a little bit differently, but part of it was we blew it so badly the first couple of times that it wasn't necessarily, in my opinion, anyway, that we stayed closed longer to try and fight off variants, we stayed closed longer because we had to, like, we were still trying to get out of what was happening to our hospitals and we were in such a mess that it just took longer, right? So I think yeah. it's fair at this point um, to allow the the Blue Jays to come north and, um, you know, most teams have reached the 85% vaccination rate, but on the day that that was announced, the Yankees 
end up with an outbreak, have several all-stars having to get sit yeah. uh, sat down. I thought for sure that would be the nail in the coffin, right, of these conversations, at least for July 30th. And you talk again, uh, the next logical date was going to be August 20th. I thought that might derail the whole thing, but I guess in reality, we're a ways away still, maybe quite a ways away from it ever being completely gone and it impossible that this could happen in baseball. So, you know, uh, if you shut it down because the Yankees had an outbreak, what happens in October when the Raptors and the Canucks and the Leafs and everybody else want to start doing that cross-border thing again? And the Indiana Pacers have an outbreak or, you know, whoever, the Florida Panthers. Are you going to make this a thing where you just can't play pro sports in Canada until this is completely eradicated? And when you're partnered with the U.S., it's not going to be completely eradicated. We're just off we go, right? We're just apparently going to learn to live with it. So. I, I got no, I'm not rushing out to the dome. I, I'll go to a Red Blacks game before I go to a Blue Jays game just because of the nature of the facilities that they're being played in. And frankly, the caseloads difference in the two cities. Um, I haven't decided yet. We'll see where numbers go, whether or not I'd be willing to go to a hockey game. Probably not in October, but by January, February, March. We'll see, right? We don't know what kind of world we're going to live in. But I think it's yeah. fine that they come home and those people who are double vaxxed and are ready to rock and want to see this stuff. Have at it. I got no beef with that. It's just a personal choice that I'm myself. Yeah, not. no, yeah. I, I get it. And and really, since the last time we spoke, I have got my second dose. Not a boy. And honestly, like a champ, I. Is it possible zero. that your new five G was the problem interfering with our recording <laughs> session? There, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still my, just vibrating with extra signal strength. And <laughs> yeah, this is it. Uh, yeah, whatever the 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 little. The coding they put in there, yes, is probably it's quite it's quite possible, Matt. I've sure. never thought of that, yeah. but um, I had no side effects, no, not even the tender arm, nothing. Oh no, 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 sorry. Yeah. yeah, that that to me was a given with any kind of yeah, almost yeah. Always, again, yeah. again, the two two and a half days worth of, and it's still you know four days later, I can still feel where. It, but no, no, beer, no man. fatigue, no fatigue, no. Uh, no, so I was super, super happy. I was prepared because everybody else had, had talked about it. And I'm, not, I'm talking the vast majority of people I, I spoke to had said, you know, oh, either, you know, ranging from flu-like symptoms to, you know, severe fatigue. Lord, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get any of it. So it's um, made me actually, if it wasn't for the sore arm, I would have wondered if, if, <laughs> if I caught the shot, right? I'm like... Uh, I don't know, man. It's and I, so I'm in there, and she's like, "Okay, now you got to relax your arm." And she goes, "Make it like rubber," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Oh, you try making, Ugh. you try making iron into rubber, so it's super impossible." So she's uh-huh. like, "Yeah, right, buddy." Bang and, <laughs> and bang, yeah, she hit you kid. with the polio. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, clearly, these people who have obviously vaccinated, I know countless. They're like, "Yeah, okay, buddy, you and uh, both." A thousand other people yeah. have already hit me with that. Hit me with that sure. line. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, um, I get it. Yeah, I uh, on the Blue Jays. I guess we should mention 
Two, uh, two interesting stats for Robbie Ray this week. He's become the first ever Blue Jay to win back-to-back games as uh, he pitched on Sunday before the All-Star break, then had his five days off, and they, or was it Saturday? No, it would have been Friday. They pitched him again on Friday. He wins again, so consecutive games for uh, Robbie Ray. And he breaks the tie with Roger Clemens. He has now gone 16 straight starts with at least five strikeouts um, to, you know, grab the... Uh, the, the record for the uh, the team, at least, on that front. I mean, five strikeouts doesn't seem like a lot, and, and it, you know, whatever, but you do it 16 straight, no blow-ups in there where you get pulled in the third, no, not obviously, whatever's going on there. Pretty good little run. Robbie Ray, at this point, um, kind of being treated like the new number one here in Toronto, and Ryu struggled a little bit, not nothing terrible, and he certainly uh, rebounded here today in the first game of the doubleheader with the, uh, the 5 nothing win, but Robbie Ray, man, looking pretty good. Well, and and the thing is, you look at you look at at uh, Robbie Ray, and he kind of has that. Yeah, <laughs> I love the tight pants. Yes. Um, but he's kind of got that uh, combo Ra Ra Dickey and Dave Steve look kind of going for him. He <laughs> sort of has this. He, he's got a bit of a throwback pitcher feel to him, right? Like, yeah. uh, but but you're right. The and and watching him pitch on Friday. And going six and a third, six and two thirds, whatever it was, like he's getting deep into into games, and and he's been super. Like I think it was he threw two hit ball through through almost the seventh inning, and right. so it's sneaky how how good and durable he's been, right? Like they were throwing, they were throwing. Dan was throwing the numbers out on uh, on Friday night, and you're like, man, <laughs> like they're talking about where he ranks in in you know. AL strikeouts and just, yeah, it's sneaky good. Sneaky good, right? And if he can continue this, right, you'd have to think he'd be in the in the running. Like, he's got a, it, the whip is low, like, yep. which which is ne- which was never the case with him due to no, the... No, you the, used to walk the fucking... Way too many guys, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, his his whip is, like, was, like, 1.1 or 1.08 or something. So, it's, that's, that's an incredibly good number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so, he, yeah. great pickup, right? You didn't end up giving him much. He was going to be a bit of a project when you picked him up at the deadline last year. And I don't know, we've talked on the show before with Andrew Stoughton when he was on with Arden Zwelling about, you know, whether it really is as simple as, uh, um, you know, the Blue Jays pitching coaches getting their hands on him and molding these guys or whether that's a bit of a fallacy. Whatever they've done has certainly worked for Robbie Ray. And... You know, traded a couple tweets a couple of weeks ago there with Mike Wilner about what it would take to get Robbie Ray locked up long term. And his opinion, and it's probably the correct one, is way too much. Robbie Ray at this point has rebuilt himself to the point where he's going to want to to sign him without letting him look at the free agent market is going to be uh, like more than you'd be prepared to do. He's going to want to explore and to uh, to look around, see what he could get, and to make him not want to do that is going to be probably more than you'd want to spend. But, man, you've turned him into something. Maybe, um, you know, maybe he believes in it too, right? Maybe he does feel like the pitching coach staff here has had a lot to do with it, and maybe you can use that a little bit to to make him interested in sticking around. But he's become a core piece of this thing right now. Yeah, and and he's old enough too that, you know, what is it you're looking to, you know, if yep. would you be willing to go short term, but would he be willing to go short term? Right. right. If you, if you were to pay that guy more, what he's, what his numbers say he's worth, 
for a shorter period of time. But yeah, you know, I get it, man. Players need to get as ridiculous as it sounds, right? They need to get paid, yeah. right? The the career is short, so you gotta you gotta you gotta make hay while the sun shines. So you can't begrudge a guy who says, yeah, no, I'll I'll pitch for the Yankees next year. <laughs> Or the Red know. Sox after after getting after wow. getting their uh, their cap under control and saying, "All right, now it's now turned to kind of blow my brains out." And you go, "Yeah, but I'm willing to let that happen." <laughs> um, yeah, he's an interesting one. I, I you know I I hope he wants to stick around, but you're not going to be able to get a look at that until the winter, I wouldn't think. But uh, hell of a start for sure. And I wonder. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, just you mentioned it. You know, in terms of guys to pitch the last game and the first game, you're like only, only baseball keeps those kinds back of ridiculous wins, stats. Man. How often does I, that happen? I, I, <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's just one of those things where you're like, well, I think because Tabby was saying, I think AJ Burnett pitched on the last game and the first game just didn't win. And, and, right. and, and you could, you could hear the silence Dan saying, well, what do you want me to thing. do? Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, Tabby. I said wins on yeah. both sides, but you know, it's, uh, anyways, it's, it's the beauty of, of, you know, what do you think? Veteran, veteran broadcasters. What do you think the, uh, the, when the Blue Jays do return on July 30th, um, it's going to be a hell of a day. It's the trade deadline day. You're, you've played the day before and you play the day after. Um, and a lot of these guys, you know, you're, it's international travel. You're learning your new quarantine rules, all these sorts of things. It's going to, this is all going to happen fast, but when that does happen, Blue Jays fans will be seeing at home for the first time as members of the Blue Jays, a lot of names, man. Ryu will pitch for the first time in Toronto as a Blue Jay. Robbie Ray, obviously. Um, George Springer will be there for the first time as a Blue Jay. Alejandro Kirk. There are a lot of names that haven't pitched or played for the Blue Jays in Toronto. And you're going back a couple of years now as you you look at this. Maybe it'll be Ross Stripling's start, right? That'd be his first game as a Blue Jays starter in Toronto. Do you think in terms of, uh, you know, a guy like Robbie Ray, but any of these guys really, but we're talking about Robbie Ray and how he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, is getting him up to Toronto and letting him see the city, even if it's under slightly different rules, letting him, you know, get used to the home facilities at the Dome. Is this going to help the Blue Jays to be able to convince some of these guys maybe to stay? Or is there a risk of, this is a bit of a nuisance, how much Canada's dragging their heels here, right? And, and, you know, there's some extra restrictions. um, And just the cross-border stuff, a lot of these guys have never had to do, and it, it's different for them than it is for us, right? They, they do the, the, what do we call it? Customs and that shit. They do it on their private jet before they take off. But like, damn, this is, you know, I, I just wonder, right? I, I think it'll be better to get them back in your major league park, but at the same time, you will show them a couple things they haven't had to deal with before. Any thoughts? Well, I think the beauty, uh, the thing that Toronto has, and especially the thing that Toronto has in, in early August is, it's a very metropolitan city. Carabana, right? baby. <laughs> they got, yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. There you go, man. Exactly. That, that first long weekend. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is a, it is a big city. There's something for everybody. It's a beautiful city, especially in August, mm-hmm. right? Like August and September in Toronto, man is, uh, and the excitement that will be around the Jays coming back, I, I think will be, uh, will sort of, 
I think will ease through some of those minor issues that you're talking about. Now, the people who aren't vaccinated and aren't allowed to leave, <laughs> right? Like they are talking about those who aren't double vaxxed, right? They're having to go, yeah, having to go from your house yep. to the to the venue and back. And that's it. No interacting with the general public. So I guess it's really going to depend on how how strongly you feel about that. The vaccination issue. Yeah, maybe because, Robbie Ray's not vaccinated. Maybe he's not. Yeah, we don't well, know, right? The, the, the name would suggest, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know where Robbie Ray's from, but uh, but those sorts of things, right? And you go, if if not, you know, that guy's got to be, um, if you're double vaxxed, that it could be a great place yeah. to experience Toronto at that time of year, right? And with the excitement of coming back. So I, I get what you're saying, but I think at the end of the day, I think some of the smaller issues like customs and whatnot, if you're able to move freely about, you're going to love it. If you're not vaccinated and you have to stay in your house, you'd be like, yeah, okay. I, I want to go back to Buffalo. Ugh. Said no one yeah, ever. Exactly. Wow. But yeah. Like, and so that could, <laughs> that could, as you suggest, um, you know, prevent somebody from saying, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to resign here if the dollar was right. But I think Toronto is such a, such a great city especially that time of year that sure. I think you, I think you could look past some of those things. If, if the vaccination thing wasn't an issue for you, let's stop some hot talk, some hockey, man, because it, we are entering, we're in the middle of an interesting couple of weeks here. We got the expansion draft on Wednesday. We have the entry draft on Friday. And then a week or so later, we're doing the, uh, not even a week or so later. Uh, we have, uh, the opening of NHL free agency, but on Sunday morning, um, protection lists for the expansion draft were released to the public. Um, we saw a couple moves in the days leading up to uh, to this happening. There was a freeze as of 3 o'clock. You had to stop trading. So it was almost like a mini trade deadline. You did see some moves go down. But you saw other things get locked up too because you're not really allowed to do anything in this window now until uh, Seattle drafts. So you saw things like, um, well, why don't we start here? Dallas locked up Nero Heiskanen for eight years, 8.5 million, I believe it was. If it's not, it's 8.25 million. And he now becomes the defenseman to sign the biggest ever um, second contract for a defenseman, moving ahead of Thomas Shabbat. Um, These guys sort of have been neck and neck for a while in terms of how they came up and what projections were. Do you like that deal for Dallas? I'm a little surprised, if I'm being honest, I did think there was a possibility that this flat cap world may press his salary down just a little bit, but otherwise he would have been in that conversation with Thomas Shabbat for guys at this age group. What did you think of that deal? Yeah, no, um, it's the first thing that came to mind when I saw it, right? Is it's, it's a little bit more, but it's, it's comparable. I think Shabbat is eight times eight. Yeah. And so, um, Heiskanen's, Heiskanen's year was was down a bit this year, uh, I think from from where he was the year before. Mm-hmm. But um, you've also got to keep in mind that Dallas, Texas, sorry, is one of those low to no income tax yeah, states one of those too, fun right? Zones financially. <laughs> yes. So th- so that eight point two five is is big money yeah. elsewhere, right? And so it's not even like in a flat cap time that that Dallas had to say, hey, you know. Uh, seven here is like 8.5 there, right? They, they got no sort of discount in this. Mm-hmm. Now we'll see, right? You are buying up, um, 
UFA years with that. And, yep. and if he does become, you know, in that Carlson Doughty in their heyday sort of zone, right. It, it'll be a bargain, but it's really hard to see this ever being air quotes, a bargain. Right. So no. And, um, and we're seeing players like this, you know, say, I don't really care about your flat cap. I don't care about your financial hardships. Right. You know, we're kind of talking within three, four, maybe five. Friedman has said at one point before the cap starts going up again, you're still buying my UFA years and someone will pay me for them. So, you know, you're sort yeah. of seeing that. I, I like, I like Heiskanen better and his numbers sort of back this up at, in, on the defensive side. I think I probably like Shabbat better on the offensive side. Um, so they're, yep. but, but not in, not huge swings in either direction, like in either of those categories, if you made me pick one in each situation, that's probably where I would fall, but reasonably comparable players, I yep. would think. Yeah. Well, and, and two, and two years ago, it, it, heading into the bubble, like Heiskanen was unbelievable. Right. Yep. And yep. everybody at that point, there's nobody who would not have taken Heiskanen over, over Shabbat. Sure. Right. So in, in terms of. Now, last year, both of them, I would say, had yeah. up and down years, right? It wasn't a banner year for either guy. So, um, but you are talking about young defensemen with uh, with dynamic offensive skills. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I do think at the end of the day that we've talked all the way around it, but with the buying up of, of UFA years, and I do think that um, that you will see the numbers for for top end defensemen like Heiskanen it probably will clear that 8.25, right? So I think, I think in his later years, he's, he's only 30, 31 in those, in those last couple of years. This didn't cruise him. And that's the deal with one of these, you know, you get eight years out of somebody on their second deal, you get all of their prime and you don't worry about their 35 year old seasons. And yeah, you don't worry about, go ahead. Sorry. You don't worry about their Duncan Keith, Shea Weber years. Exactly. Um, I believe the only defenseman right now, uh, I had the list here, uh, making more than him are Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, uh, Roman Yossi, and P.K. Subban. Uh, Brent so, Burns not in there? Brent Burns. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but it's a small list, right? And you would take this guy ahead of any one of them right now, with the exception of maybe Roman Yossi, right? For a game tomorrow? I think, yep. I think that's where we sit. So uh, I don't hate it for Dallas. This is kind of no. what these guys cost right now. And and if you could have, you know, you still have Klingberg for a little while here, but obviously they're banking on Heiskanen becoming their number one D for a very long time. And you now have him cost controlled. It's not a bargain either, but I don't think I hate it. I think that's fine. No. And if you look at, you said, you know, players, players with the idea that we don't care where your financial situation is like, like, Dallas ownership, I believe he's he's big into restaurant and hotel. Are his are yeah. his sort of that's where he made so his money, right? He and cares. He's hurting. He he cares big time. This is what I'm saying. But but again, that is that is another indication of of yeah where this is going to go because I I think most pundits believe that well you know flat cap and players are going to have to understand and you're like yeah, well this is. <laughs> This is the first one where you go, and, and again, I I don't have the breakdown of it. Like, maybe he's making five, whatever it is, sure, in in the, in the first some. couple of years, and and making eleven at the end. I I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the eight point two five cap it, I think for sure will be um. 
will be will be digestible for the for the majority of those years. Well, let me hit you with a couple of names here, just because <laughs> Friedman said on the most recent episode of the Thirty One Thoughts podcast that um, Quint Hughes, Kale McCarr, and Rasmus Dahlin and Heiskanen were all in the group this year of needing extensions. Um, as defensemen, and they all had obviously kept a very close eye on Thomas Shabbat, and they believed that was their, you know, that was where they wanted to jump over. They all believed they were at least as good as Thomas Shabbat. And so Heiskanen's the first to go. He does clear the Shabbat bar, if that's what you're looking to do, um, which obviously, I, I shouldn't say that. I have no idea whether it mattered to him to get more than Shabbat or not, or he had just picked yeah, a number. Yeah, but, and but in terms of... A- of a league that is so hung up on comparables. Yes. Do yeah, you th- I, I get... Would you... Uh, sorry, just to pull it back, with with Hughes, with Makar, and with Dahlin, do you expect them all to clear the Shabbat number? I, I certainly expect Makar to clear that to bar. Be, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I expect... I, I would I would say the same for Quinn Hughes and um, and Dahlin at this time. Yeah. Uh, I, I really... And it's... Hey, we don't get the options, Right. But um, Darlene in in Buffalo with such a shit situation and really hard and he's to judge him, hey, like and he's been a super slow bake, right? Like yeah. it hasn't been a yeah. uh, he he hasn't exploded on the scene like like Quinn Hughes and 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 Kale McCarr and and Heiskanen for that matter. But uh, to me, you look at at the difference now. Both those guys, right? Hughes in the bubble and and Heiskanen were were the real celebrities. Yes, and it's it's like. It's like people left that saying, okay, and especially with Tanev leaving Hughes, that Hughes was a bit exposed this year, right, in terms of... And he was nowhere near as good this year. And so you don't have the luxury of saying, you can bridge him, I guess. Yeah. Um, But then you run into that P.K. Subban situation (laughs) where... Yeah, where Montreal, oh, you want a Norris in that glass bridge here, (laughs) eh? Yeah. Okay, I guess we're going to pay you $3 million more than we... Yeah, exactly. yeah, six wasn't... I didn't want to pay you six, but I'll do nine. Right. Um, but but yeah, I, I will be interested. So I would say Makar will, will join Heiskanen probably on the north side of Shabbat. I I would say Darlene not. Uh, I would be more... I'd be more willing to believe that, that Darlene and, and Hughes both get bridge deals. I think you're right, especially on Darlene, just because... First of all, if I'm him, I'm not committing to this long-term yet. I need to see what you're doing. I'm not giving you eight years. I'm not giving you UFA years until I see what this team is going to turn into. And that, on its own, pulls the value way, way down. Maybe he does three years um, at something more like five or six, and and we'll see what that looks like. Hughes is a more interesting one. He's had an absolutely killer year, as you pointed out, uh, heading into the bubble. Then he had, I wouldn't call it terrible or anything, but it wasn't a good year for him anyway, or he didn't meet expectations, uh, this year. So he may again, be more interested in taking, um, a bridge and, and just going three years, getting paid reasonably well and, and seeing where that takes him. Cause if you're not willing to give me kind of that big, big number over a lot of years, you know, maybe I'll just wait until the cap starts to rise again and, and see where the world looks at. But Darlene to me for sure. Um, and maybe f- for the benefit of both sides, is a perfect candidate for uh, a bridge just because he needs to show a little more to, to kind of meet up to that hype that he had coming in. And I don't think he's going to want to commit long-term yet. So to me, he's going to come in well South of, of Shabbat, but um, 
you know, maybe cashes in big later on. We'll see where After. the world looks. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know why any of these, of these RFAs, the guys coming out of their, out of their entry level three years, I don't know why any of them, why it suits them to go, to go for the eight. I, I understand the security. If somebody was to say to me, Hey man, eight times eight. Yep. And you go, yeah, maybe in the back half of that eight, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a top five defenseman. Uh, and, and which is what we're talking about with these guys, right? Yeah, that yeah. if they all hit their, hit their ceiling, they all think that they could be top five or 10, whatever that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could make 10 million or I could make Carlson and, and Dowdy 11 million as the cap goes up. Right. Cause yep. you are going to see it once it does start to go. I think they're going to put the governor on this cap now. And, and then once it opens, it's going to jump. Yeah. But I'm not sure why any of these guys in this in this day and age where things sit with the flat cap in the economy, why they wouldn't go with I'll take I'll take decent money now outside of the security. I'll take the decent money for three years and, and we'll see where we're at coming into year four yeah. coming out of this. Yeah. Um man, there was a bunch of stuff that's gone on um as we got ready for the expansion freeze here. What stood out to you? Let me hand it to you in terms of moves made ahead of time or surprises in terms of who's been left unprotected, what might go down there. Uh, what's kind of the most noteworthy one to you? Well, see, the, and the thing is, you and I were were talking away, you know, via email or whatever it was. I, I, I couldn't believe early on how much action was. Every day there was something new and interesting, right? The yeah. All the stuff that was coming down, you know, you had what Minnesota did with Suter and Parisi, and you had, you had the Duncan Keith thing, and you just yes. had these, yes, <laughs> and all the all the oxygen getting taken up with with Landis Cog and the uh, and the Avalanche in Looking terms of nine to ten mil, crazy crazy money, oh, man. man, and and that's so I I I don't know if that is absolute posturing, but that's a guy who. He's a great player. I yes, would love him on my team. Course. I do not want to pay that guy There's anywhere no close chance. to nine million bucks. <laughs> no. and, and you go to me. That's like, and the rumor is that the Avalanche were looking at five to six. Yes, <laughs> for him. Um, now there's a huge void. Um, I don't think there's anybody paying that guy nine million bucks. No, I don't either. Uh, uh, and he is a guy as a as a third on a, um, you know, with Ranton and 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 McKinnon. McKinnon. Great, go, great line. Yeah. And and I'm not going to say it's the same thing, but you look at Gene Dadnov here, yeah. right? You go, that guy's got three or four seasons of almost 30 goals playing with Huberdeau and, uh, and Barkov. And you go, oh, he's got eight goals this year, <laughs> not playing with those guys. And I'm not saying they're the same player in any way. No, no. But, but you do have to look at, 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 you know, third guys on with dominant duos and say, yeah, you're going to put them with. Let's look even further back. Bobby Ryan playing with Getzlaff and Perry, four straight thirty goal seasons. Yeah, never came close to that once in Ottawa. You know, if you, if you're not going to surround some of these complementary pieces, and sorry, Gabe, uh, I, I like what you bring in the intangibles and all those sorts of things, but yeah, you're not a, you're not you're not driving that line. Well, and like he's a guy. And it may surprise some listeners to find out. I had to do some digging, and, and luckily some people smarter than me had also already provided some of it. Um, that he is making hay on the power play, uh, and a lot of it on second assists on things that McKinnon and McCarr and Rantanen are doing. His five on five points numbers 
like he's down, he's below Zach Hyman in terms of his point five on five points per sixty. Right, he's below a lot. You mentioned Zach Bobby Hyman, Ryan. nine million bucks. Could be, man. Could be in Edmonton. Um, it's going to be awesome. Please do it. I want Zach Hyman to get paid. I just don't want him to get paid in Toronto. So, yeah, um, I know. When you you look at some of the guys that he runs neck and neck, he's there with Jared McCann, who we can talk about in a second. Like, you love a lot of the things that Landis Cog brings to your team, but when you take him away from that line, as you suggest, you better be really careful that you're dropping him onto another one of those lines. And even then you don't pay that guy nine or 10 million bucks. I think five or six in the world that we're living in right now, I think Colorado's far closer. I think he'll get a little North of that, but Colorado's way closer than he is. Well, see, and I think even at seven, Seven is is probably an overpay in most in yeah. most places. Yeah, I think so. As, again, because he's almost thirty as well, right? Yeah. And he's a winger. He's he. I don't know. I think you, I think you drop him in here on a line with uh, Connor Brown and Nick Paul. Sure. And let him loose for nine or ten. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Yeah, for sure, man. There's a little cap space here, no problems. But uh, that that to me is interesting because that's one of those guys where you where you look around and you go, that guy's a no brainer to resign in Colorado. Yes, I never right? thought Unless, I'd be looking at this. Unless, of course, you're looking at, you know, with the issues with the cap and, and and people saying, yeah, I think you're worth three million less than you think you're worth. That's a huge golf. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, that is that is hackles up right away yeah. kind of stuff, right? Where you go, yeah, well, I don't care, when man. Especially he knows uh, you're holding back my money to give to Kale McCarr. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I can't pay you right now what you want to get paid. Uh-huh. Because I'm going to give it to somebody way younger and frankly, way more important right now. So, and maybe way and the other, Yeah. Well, and probably, well, I, I think without a doubt, more impactful moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Right. In terms of if you said, I want to build around Ranton and McKinnon, and then it comes down to, do I want Landis Cog or do I want Makar? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To me, that guy is going to win Norris trophies. And so, yeah. I'm not sure Landis Cog, uh, besides being a a good guy and 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 a, and a good player, like yeah, it's yeah. not well, under, of course understand, but both would love to have him, but not anywhere. He's close never going to be number. a major trophy winner. No, maybe a Selkie. And so, <laughs> to me, yeah, to me, the other the other interesting the things that jump, yeah, the other things that jump off the page were in in scrolling through the thing, the number of UFAs. Like you look at, um, like Ovechkin or. Yeah. Like these guys left unprotected, and you go, well, what's what's the deal? Like, why? But then, of course, right? You go, well, that just that means the the Kraken have the first five or six days to to negotiate or whatever it is, and you go, do you want to waste a pick on on neg rights? Right. So th- that to me was interesting to look yeah, through just, some of those numbers. You know, flush that out for you know people. Fall. Alex Ovechkin, an unrestricted free agent, he's clearly going back to Washington, but. By staying a free agent right now, he doesn't have to be protected by Washington. They can protect someone else in his place. Washington or Seattle makes their pick away from Washington and then they resign Ovechkin. Right. It, this is all just, it's smart, right? But it's, it's for sure it's maneuvering. smart. Yeah. Right. And, and I look at, I look at those kind of decided to go to Seattle, but I'm not expecting. Well, that. all those things, right. And you, and you, and you look at uh, the, the things that, that do jump out. It, it, that was one of those things where you're like, Oh, well, of course you're going to, but yeah, a veteran like that. And, and it, and it is just negotiation, right? So you go, 
Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just, yeah. Okay. You want to waste your pick on me for the, for, for the five days to work? Unless you're going to, unless you're going to give me, like, I don't, I don't even think he, he would, I don't know what it would take to, for the Kraken to woo him away, right? In I terms of 12.5. Can we give you 12.5? 12.51. So it can become the highest paid player in the league. And now we'll talk. Uh, we've yeah. only got a couple minutes left. And there's a ton more that, that we're not going to have time to get into. I mean, Nashville leaves their number one and two centers unprotected. There's a huge three-way trade that sends Ryan Ellis from the Predators to the Flyers. Nolan Patrick is off to Vegas. Is there involved in that? Cody Glass goes to Nashville, hopefully, I guess, to try and kickstart their offense. But there's a ton to unpack there. Um, I guess Ryan Ellis's health would be the only real hitch for Philly, but otherwise they're trying to get Provorov a little support. Um, you know I want it. I can't believe we're not going to have time to get into the Islanders and Lou leaving Josh Bailey and Jordan Eberle unprotected so that he can protect Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Molson. This is the second time he's protected Matt Molson in an expansion draft. Both of them were terrible choices. This one probably worse than the first time. Uh, of course, the first time was in Toronto. This one, though, Josh Bailey and Jordan Eberle, man, both too good to be leaving um unprotected and somehow Scott Mayfield is protected. I don't know what Lou's doing GM of the year there, man. There's so much here. Uh, I guess we should, we uh, let's talk about Carey Price, man. Cause to me, this one is fascinating. The Montreal Canadians did not protect Carey Price. Uh, the thought was on their end, in theory, um, his contract is big and scary and nobody likes it. And, and we all agree on that. And so that would be enough to keep Seattle from taking him um, while Montreal is able to then protect their other goalie, Jake Allen, and in theory get to keep both guys. I wonder if Carey Price, I'm not saying Carey Price has had enough of Montreal and wants to leave Montreal, but I do wonder if Carey Price is intrigued by the idea of going to the Pacific Northwest, where he's from, becoming the face of that franchise and, and being much closer to home. Um, I still don't think Seattle will do it, but I don't think that this is a slam dunk automatic. They look at that contract and just walk away. I think when you look at what happened with Marc-Andre Fleury, another goalie who is a couple years older than Price, but at the time was his best days were supposedly behind him, was taken by Seattle, became the beloved face of the franchise, started to play well. I don't know, man. It wouldn't shock me. If this was sort of a, I'm fine to stay in Montreal, but I wouldn't necessarily hate it if I went to Seattle. What did you make of Carey Price being left unprotected? Where does where does Carey Price live in the offseason, Matt? You know, no, I have no idea. I believe he lives in Washington State. All is, right, is, is what I'm saying. I, I believe he's. I, I think his wife is from uh, like he was a Seattle Thunderbird. I, if I'm Tri-City not mistaken, American, or, or a Tri City American. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I think I think his wife is American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I wonder uh, much along the same lines as, as you do when you look at it and go, um, what are you going to spend your cap money on, right? Like in terms of if if he was willing, and then how sweet would it look if Montreal then is left with St. Louis's leftovers as their starting goalie, and and Price is now you know, playing in, in essentially. Let me give it to you a different way though. How brilliant all of a sudden does Mark Bergevin look like if he's divested himself of like $18 million 
between Shea Weber and Carey Price this offseason. Yep. Well, uh, and that is, that is interesting. <laughs> and, and it's all, it's all worth taking a look at, right? Like, because you have gone from, and if we can look at from a Montreal perspective, we talked about it heavily through the playoff run, right? You have this Carey Price who looks invigorated and energized yep. in playoff runs yep. uh, with some rest, but really, you know, plain in in the regular season yes. for the past bunch of years. And so we, I think, without a doubt, look at it and go, that's a regular season bust. And if that team doesn't make it to the playoffs, you're carrying that 10.5 per and and what? It's a way overpay and you're it's a drag on you. So to me, at the end of the day, if Seattle did take him, Montreal would a- in just in perception alone, Montreal would go from old and expensive to young and with cap flexibility. Right. In right. like forty eight hours. <laughs> like yeah. incredible, man. So well, I, and the, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you finish. I was just gonna say, I, I still don't think it's still a rotten contract, right? I don't think Seattle would do it. But the argument is compelling to bring that guy from the Pacific Northwest home, have him become the face of the franchise, have a recognizable name, a marketable guy um, from the storied Montreal Canadiens. Like, there are a bunch of reasons why I wouldn't write it off as quick as some people are. That, yeah, that contract, it's not good. But I don't know what... Seattle wants to be, right? When you look at a bunch of the names that have been left um, unprotected, they could be pretty competitive. And Dom Lucician has already posted his potential findings from his model. He goes, they could finish if they want to as high as second or third in that awful Pacific division. But do you want to be that kind of old competitive thing like Vegas was coming out? Or do you want to just stick to a more long-term young plan, in which case you don't want any part of Carry Price's contract, but you could develop or you could select a lot of young and reasonably cheap players um, and have them backstopped by a, you know, legendary goalie and a, and a marketable name in that market. To me, it's fascinating, man. Well, and you look at the guys who are out there and if you wanted to sprinkle in some other more expensive talent, you know, um, you would really doing some other guys a favor. Yeah. Right. By, by taking some of these guys and I'm looking at a dad knob here in Ottawa or a, um, you know, Johansson out of, out of Nashville, Who've left right. Their number uh, one and two centers. <laughs> yeah. Well, their number two center who they're still saying now who at 27 or eight years old, they're like, I'm not sure if he's a center or a winger. Right. But that's probably a bad sign. Right. And Matthew Shane. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you could feasibly look at it and go, there's a couple of guys you you could start to piece together some top end mm-hmm. air quote yes and, and a blend in with some younger guys right yeah. like you look at um you know your Jason Zuckers and 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 whatnot mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh and I'm just pulling names or a Palat or a Kalorn right when you start to look at some of the stuff that's available you could start to look at at the piecings of as you said blended in with some younger guys. Get a, grab I'll a Mark Giordano, let him play with some of those new young guys until the deadline, and then trade him for somebody about to take a run. Like, it looks way better to me than what we saw with was, Vegas. Yes. Like, like, 
everyone's going, what do they want to be? Do they want to be Vegas? Or do they, when Vegas drafted their team, nobody, dog shit, nobody said that's a playoff team. You are full of shit. If you said yeah. William Carlson is going to be no. a 40 goal guy, like, and yeah, so it scored 13 over the combined right. two seasons before it. Yeah. It's total hindsight. The names left available now are better. And Vegas got fat off those trades to not take your yeah. shit. It, please take William Carlson and my first round pick or whatever. And you're like, all right. Like yeah. this time, way more teams look like they just said, no, I'm not dealing with you. I'm not doing this multiple pieces. So you don't take one thing. We're just going to let it yeah. happen. And so consequently there are more interesting names available there. And, and yeah. And I, if I was, I would not be, and I, and I, I clearly think that the Ron Francis and the, and the staff they have in, in place there aren't going to blow their brains out on name recognition and high salaries, but you will see them. I, I think if they're smart, we'll, we'll try to blend together some, sure. some futures with some middle of the road now and, and, and a couple of pieces and go, yeah, I, I, I want to sort of, I'll finish low if I have to. I want to be competitive, finish low and start to build through the draft with some decent entertainment now. Like this isn't going to be the Ottawa Senators expansion. No, and the rules are so it, different, right? From the Panthers and the Lightning for and sure. the Sens. And... Right, where you could protect 18 players. Yeah. 14 and so, and two, I think. 14 players yeah. and two goalies. What the fuck and, am I supposed to yeah, do? Yeah, no, this is, this is how you end up with, uh, you know... Dave McElwain and you know uh, Peluso and and, and and you know these sorts of guys, right? Yes. Um, but I will be interested, right? And and to me, the biggest debate here in Ottawa was really because of the protection, the lack of a protection issue here, mm-hmm. uh, similar to Toronto situation in the Vegas year, right? Yep. So many young guys, your best guys uh, are all not, young and exempt. So, right, and you say, yeah, okay, the, with the reasons we have, and you alluded to, that's why Austin Watson gets protected because there not? are no other issues. Right, and you go, yeah, if you could, if we'll expose Dadnov and Tierney, and, and if you, and well, okay, because Murray is, if you think back to Bobby Ryan getting exposed here, and Bobby Ryan's like, I have no problem waving my no move because nobody's going to take that contract <laughs> for my, like a little self awareness, Bob. Thanks for that, and and I think that's the same, right? Nobody's taking off of the last two plus years of, of Matt Murray at his six plus for three more years. So, so I ended up getting into it just a little bit with friend of the show there, Steve Warren on Twitter today. And he said, if you find yourself worrying about or look, looking at how your favorite team, he's obviously talking about the senators here in the local market um, is, you know, who they're protecting and who they're not. And you look and go, I don't care. That means management has done their job. So I had to respond and said, I'm not so sure that when you trade assets for a goalie, sign that goalie to a huge contract and a less than a year later, leave him exposed, hoping someone else will take him. It's the ringing endorsement of management that you're suggesting it might be. Right. Steve Warren is fine with that. And we have a little back and forth and, and he understands what's being said. The fucking mitten stringers that came out of the wool the knuckle-dragging mouth breathers <laughs> to go, did you see his year? Why would you protect? And and Twitter, man, Twitter to me is the clearest indication of anything that I've ever dealt with in my life of how important reading comprehension is versus just reading is. Yeah, All of these people can read the words in front of them, but like... I don't know, 30% of the people on Twitter are capable of looking at what those words actually mean when placed in a, 
I'm getting attacked all over the place for saying they should protect Murray, which is not even close to what was said. Yeah. What was said yeah. was that's not a great use of assets. And a year later, you're almost having to admit that are as are yeah. a pile of GMs. We talked about Nashville, right? Signing two centers. You're fine. Like to be your number one and two center and you're fine and hoping Seattle takes one of them. That's not an endorsement. That's a condemnation of the job that you've yeah. done. Right. So Steve Warren understands this shit and we can have a reasonable cut, but just the moths yeah. that start swooping yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, it's, it actually, in my opinion, exposing Murray, it shows, shows growth and understanding to say, no, we're, we're not going to, because we, we fucked this up and we made that pick and it's looked bad. Yeah. And, and so we're going to protect him to cover our mistake. own asses. Right. Right. You're, to say, Oh no, no, no. We're still fully. Yeah, we, belo- no, we love we it. And it's, it. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so you said, no. Okay. And, and, and we don't think anyone's going to take him, and, and we're still yeah, hoping. Right. Doesn't mean that. He's, no, that's right. He's, he could rebound. And you go, we don't know, but yeah, if you were to protect him and, 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 and leave both the young guys available. Yes. Um, so it, it's interesting on that front. And, 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 you know, I, I would look to see Joey Decord, who Ottawa did expose of the two young guys. They yeah. say they, they protected uh, Gustafson that as somebody with waiver rights and, and, and good upside that you can, you know, Seattle could put him in the AHL. They can recall him without having clear waivers. That that's a, that's a nice future option without clogging up one of your AHL, one of your NHL spots. To me, so, that looks better than anything else they're offering up there in Ottawa. So uh, we are right. extremely short on time. Was there anything else you wanted to hit on, or do you want to wrap this one up? No, man. I think I think that's it. It was interesting to see Toronto went with uh, eight, right? Yeah, four, or four, yeah, four, 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 yeah, four, four, and one. I didn't love right. it. Right. So you didn't love it. What, did, to, what would you like to have seen still protected that was left? Well, honestly, now Jared McCann, right? I I loved that pickup. <laughs> Gabe Landis Cog. That's yeah, what I that, want to see. Well, they I don't know if you caught it. They traded for Jared McCann on Saturday, right? So they, yeah, no, I saw him on the list. Yeah. So to me, once you do that, I get why they did it. They brought him in so that if Seattle takes Kerfoot, you're still okay. I think it's more likely at this point that they'll take McCann, who is a year or two younger and almost a million bucks cheaper for a similar type player. And frankly, I think McCann's probably a little better. Um, Once you made that deal though, this will sound weird, even though you kind of brought in almost a redundancy. I think that made Kerfoot more valuable. I think you can then put Jared McCann at third line center where he's going to be better in that role than Kerfoot was. And you can put Kerfoot back with Tavares and Nylander where you've seen him a bunch of times and he feeds off that better. He can be the worker bee on that line as opposed to the center that's got to handle the face-offs and the down low play and stuff like that. Once you made that deal, I'd have gone seven, three and one and I'll force Seattle, whatever pick hall or pick Dermot, um, Kerfoot's off the table. And to me, Justin Hall is 30 years old. You found him a couple years ago, built him into something and he's, he's a capable player. He's, he's fine. I, I don't want to lose him, but I think the value that McCann has that you're now likely to lose. Like that's who was going to get taken from Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know. The replacement seems to be, or the argument seems to be, you know, you traded uh, Philip Hollander and a seventh round pick to get McCann. If Seattle takes him, your loss instead of being Kerfoot or Hall or Dermott is now Hollander and a seventh round pick, but I'd rather have McCann, right? Like that's once you did that, 
I think it fills out some issues you were going to have a lot better. And I, to me, I just wouldn't have uh, Justin Hall. I like Justin Hall, but this is what you just referenced, right? Ottawa is in a place now, tons of young players. So you just protect, you don't have to protect them. You protect anything you want and whatever you lose, you don't really care about. Toronto is now one of the better teams. You're going to lose something. It's going to hurt. So I'll Mm -hmm. force them to take Justin Hall and decide at 29 or 30 years old, he's a capable guy who we want right now, or more that kind of future minded, we're going to take Dermot because he's 23 or 24 and he's got almost, or he's got a little bit over 200 games experience. We'll, we'll try that. But I'd have forced them into that decision. I, I just don't like this idea that, you know, he's a Ben McCann has been brought in to be Kerfoot at insurance. I think now that you have him, I like the look of the lineup with them both. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So yeah, Matt, I think you need to rest easy because what's going to happen is, is the Kraken will, will take Freddie Anderson's rights. They will negotiate a five-year contract and flip him to Edmonton for number one. Yes. I would love every piece of that. (laughs) Maybe they'll take Hutch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, there you go, man. Whatever. Why you'll be on, you'll be on waivers from wherever he I'm, is uh, yeah, in no, for sure, late man. October. <laughs> um, it's going to be an interesting week, man. There's cool stuff uh, ahead with the expansion draft. I do think we'll see that a couple teams have made side deals judging by some of the names exposed, but uh, we don't get to find those out until they unveil their roster on Wednesday. Then we got the entry draft and then is it next week you're off? Uh, I am off, so we yeah. So we'll record after we'll, the entry draft sometime, or maybe late night, or something. We'll work something out Friday night, or right. we'll we'll figure something out. Make sure you're here yeah. once more before that happens. Uh, don't forget, Amy Burke is on the show on Tuesday morning. Um, talk a little bit about the Olympics and her prep for the Paralympics. Lots going on on that front. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now, and uh, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Rob is on Twitter at Captain Blowhard. We will catch you all on the next episode of Talk and Audio. See ya! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app. Hi.